Hello everyone, this is, I got it wrong last time, but this is episode 6 of the Front Page Podcast. Again, we're a man down, Coy's not here, but it's myself, Ross and Matt this time. Hello Matt. Hi Ross, looking forward to having a bit of a, well, I don't even know, it's not even going to be a debate because I was on the Whitaker side, you're on the other <laughs> side, so we'll the see, how that, we'll see how that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the winning side last night. Yeah, well, do you know, I don't even, I, I like, I, well, no, I know he's a good fighter, I've always, you know, you can tell he's a good fighter and always have seen him be a good fighter, but I just don't like him. I don't know why, it seems to be quite popular to not like Adesanya, but I think he's incredible. I don't like his attitude. I don't like, uh, well, to be honest, if I put it in this way, I kind of, when I found out how old he was, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's in kind of mid-twenties. Yeah, not even. I mean, honestly, yeah. I thought he was, I th- when he came on the scene after his first couple of wins, so I thought he must have been 22, 23, and he's got this, because he could keep talking about him as if he was his prospect. Yeah. But he's 30 years old, and, you know, he's, you know, that's fine. I'm glad he's having fun and everything. Um, But, I don't know, I think some of the things, and, but I know a lot of fighters say unsavory things, and that's fine, and I don't like that either. Um depending on what they say, obviously. But, you know, some of the things he said to, to Robert Whittaker were a bit, I don't know, disrespectful, considering Whittaker's history, I suppose. But, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I, sometimes you take against people, and, you know, and, you know, I guess that's kind of what happened. I'll always be able to sort of appreciate how good he is and that kind of thing, though. So, you know, I'll always appreciate his... Go on. <laughs> there was a sort of degree of kind of trash talk, but... It's really toned down. He doesn't really say anything that's too bad. He's he's kind of confident, borderline arrogant, but mm-hmm. he doesn't say anything that's crossed any lines, in my opinion. He's like a, a family-friendly Conor McGregor. Well, and I don't he, know. He's, he's calling Robert Whittaker a method. <laughs> a method. You know, and I think I think he just kind of tried to go over the top and try and get yeah. in Whittaker's head a little bit, and it just came off a little bit like, you know, it's not what he normally does. It doesn't kind of... It comes across as a bit try hard, I guess, when it doesn't come natural to you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But you know, when you, you're talking to someone like Whitaker, you've got to you know, appreciate that he's, you know, he's a good champ. A lot of people will uh, knock him a bit, and, but you had two wars with Romero, and that's got to be worth some respect. So I don't know. I'll, I, I just don't really like him as a person very much, but as a fighter, I can't really fault him. To be honest, he was he was incredible, really, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, I saw someone saying uh, like last night that was Adesanya was like one of his easiest fights in the UFC, and I can't really disagree with that. He was kind of in control from the first bell to the last, like when he got in all date worker. Yeah, he wasn't really in any danger for any point. He got no. kind of clipped a couple of times, but I don't know what just like before just before was. the final, just before that final knockout punch, the one that knocked him down in the second round. Waiting, caught him a little bit, and you could see. Yeah, you know, you you could see that it was, you know, if it was a bit harder, that might have sent Adesanya down. But it would have been an unfair, in a way, it would have been an unfair win if, if that had happened. But yeah. you know, apart from that, it was really there was no danger really. Um, I, just, I don't know what Whitaker's whole game plan was. Cause all he done was wing crazy punches and blitz forward, and you're fighting someone as high level as Adesanya for the whole. He can glide out of those situations all day long. Like, I mean, if you're trying to take on Adesanya, it basically a it, it was basically, I guess, kind of like a kickboxing match without gloves, yeah. or with just small gloves. And if you're going to do that to someone like Adesanya, then you're going to find yourself in trouble. And really, you know, he should have been, he's got the ability to do so, so he should have been trying to take it down a bit more and try and control it against the side of the cage a bit more. Definitely. Just kind of, um, you know, it's a Whittaker thing he seems to do when he does it, is, you know, is take down people against the side of the cage and... I guess that's what I think he should have tried to do. But it's easier for us to say on the side. We're not in, in the cage, we're not pros. But I mean, that's true, but to me it seemed like an absolute no-brainer. Like, is this guy who's like so experienced and he's got all these striking credentials, like surely you're going to go and try and nullify that by taking the fight to the ground. Like, that seems like yeah. it's not even, a, not even a question. Well, strange. I guess they, you know, the, the constant pressure that Whitaker was trying to put on I suppose is to try and reduce the distance and obviously Adesanya is a great long range striker so 
but it didn't work because Adesanya's defence was, was top notch and his movement was great and all that kind of stuff. So then you think you at least at least go for a takedown, you know, <laughs> at least um, exactly. you know try and take some top control and you know you never know. You don't, I don't think we really know what Adesanya's like underneath True. yet. So you know maybe you could test him, you could you know give him some ground and pound and see see where it gets you. To be fair, I mean, it was it was really brief, but in the Gaston fight, he did kind of show good moments off his back when he threw up a triangle. Like, we almost looked as if it was in, but he did kind of mm-hmm. show that he's at least confident enough off his back to, to go for submissions and scramble yeah. and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I guess it's... Uh, but at the same time, standing up wasn't working, so... You know, yeah. Give it a go, see what you can get. And to be, I, I'd also say, you know, that Gastelum fight was obviously a, people will probably be talking about it for years to come. But the the Israel Adesanya in that fight was not as good as the one last night. I don't think we've ever seen a version of him that's as good as last night. Last night it was no. just incredible. He's a world beater yeah. last night. So I think like if you watch that fight against Gastelum that set up this fight, you you would think. You know, I don't think you see someone who's going to beat Whitaker in that fight, and then you have, but the one from last night, I don't know what he's been doing or what sort of coaching he's been getting, but you know, he was just unreal. I guess it was the perfect game plan, especially if Whitaker isn't going to try and take you down. Yeah, um, but he hasn't been improved. Yeah, but he was just, you know, I talk, I talk about prospect and the fact he's already thirty and stuff, but he is still improving, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does when he. I hope he does. He, he did say he wanted to take on the rest of the middleweight division first before looking at something else. So hopefully, be interesting to see what he what he's like against those other fighters. Like if uh, Taylor Gastelum get the win at two four four, neither of those two are going to be far away from that fight. Yeah, well, I mean um, the the fight there is Paulo Costa. That's the one that's going yeah. to be next. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he called out Paulo Costa, didn't he? And then uh, yeah, if, if he's sad, not, doesn't get him first. I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not too, I wouldn't be too concerned about Costa if I was Adesanya, to be honest. Me either, I think he handles Costa, like, without too much trouble. Yeah, I think he's a, I mean, Costa's a beast and he's a big guy and he's, you know, he's muscly and everything, but he's got, his range isn't big. And if he can pick off Whitaker like you picked off Whitaker last night, then I think he can do the same to Costa, really. Because I would, I would pick Whitaker to beat Costa as well, so, you know, it's, um, it's one of the. I just think Costa is is not quite there for to, for beating Adesanya at this point. I would agree, but do you think if Costa was to blitz forward and really catch him with a hook, do you think he potentially has the knockout power that maybe Whitaker was lacking, like the, just the one shot knockout power? That could be a difference. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he also. I, I think he. I'm not entirely sure if he does have a shorter reach than Whitaker, but he doesn't seem to make as much use of what reach he has as Whitaker does. So yeah. If he can get close enough to land a short hook, then maybe, maybe he would knock him out in one. Yeah. So assuming, I don't know. Assuming that he does beat Costa, how do you feel about the whole move up and fight John Jones conversation? Um, in general, I'm not a fan of people defending once, defending no times, whatever, um, and then having a look at another belt. I think. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of a side to the idea of Adesanya fighting John Jones in in hypothetical situation. Um, but I don't like that they that they move too much. Um, so in general, I would prefer that he at least defended three or four times before he gets offered that fight. But if the fight was to happen in the middle of next year after he's defended against Costa, why not? Then I yeah, think I mean. There's Sorry. four fights. Sorry, there's four fights for Adesanya that I think seem like kind of defenses that he should make, and that is at some point I would, I would take a rematch. Then I'd oh, Costa as well, obviously. So there's two. I think potentially the winner of Gastelum Till, and then also Jared Cannonier. I think those four defenses I'd be quite happy with. And then if yeah. he defeat Jones, then go ahead. I hope he does fight Till because there's been there's been a little bit of talk about that for a little while, hasn't there? When when Till was talking about moving up to middleweight, like even I think two welterweight fights ago, saying that eventually he will be a middleweight and he can't wait to knock Adesanya's block off. So it'll be interesting to see that one 
Um, I mean that that all leads on high performance in uh, MSG, I suppose. Yeah, if he if Till if Till beats Gastelum, he's already a top middleweight. So it's kind of um, because Gastelum is, you know, I didn't rate him very much, but you know, he, he put on a lot of, he got a lot of credit from that Adesanya win, uh, not win, but you know what I mean, that Adesanya yeah. fight, he got a lot, he got a lot of credit from it. His stock went up. He won in that sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think either one of those two. They'll be close for the next fight after Costa. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, against John Jones, I think it will be quite interesting. Um, just because of the of the range and the height. Yeah, I mean it is interesting, but the one kind of worrying factor I can't stop thinking about is the size difference. I mean, Adesanya seems to make one eighty three without too much difficulty, and then you yeah. have Jones who cuts to make two hundred five. So. How how big a factor would that play? That's kind of one thing I keep thinking about. Well, it'd be the danger because we know that you know Jones is good everywhere, um, so you know that he can catch you when you're standing up. And when the natural weight difference is probably fifty pounds or more, you yeah. know you you're looking at spark. <laughs> if he if he catches you with one of those elbows or if he. Uh, you know, he's just got nasty kicks as well, hasn't he? I, mean, I know they're not as technical, maybe, as Adesanya's kickboxing. Um, yeah, they're just nasty, though. That's a good one. Yeah. Three, but they're just nasty kicks. Yeah. Like when he gets you, like, yeah, he can welt you up in no time. And then if he takes out one of Adesanya's legs in that way, then Adesanya's kicking game is gone. Yeah. So. Hi- hyperactive. Not hyperactive. What am I on about? Hypothetically is the word I'm after. Hypothetically. If Adesanya was to defend against the four guys I mentioned, they move up and beat John Jones, say finish John Jones, where does that rank him? As in, like, the, the conversation of the greatest? Well, anno- well annoyingly for me, because I don't really like him, you, it'd be hard to argue against him being up there in the top two or three. I mean, if he, if he does defend a good few times and then beats who's kind of highly considered the greatest of all time, he's got to be in the conversation at least. Yeah, it has to be. And I mean, anybody, anybody really who's got a very good record and then actually legitimately beats Jones has to be up there anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Really? I was on the bandwagon before yeah, last night, but now oh, I'm like I'm so hard on that bandwagon. I don't think it will ever come off. <laughs> like my Twitter, my Twitter cover photos now. Adesanya, like I don't know, he's kind of took me over. Yeah, mine's still Akihabara in Tokyo, but I don't think I'll ever change that. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't even think about about that. But yeah, okay, that's a nice way of uh, showing your support, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's good, obviously. And if he went up and defeated Jones, legitimately finished him, or unanimously decisioned him in a comfortable victory, then I mean, with the size difference, it would be an incredible achievement. Could you imagine a five-round war at the Sanya and Jones? A really close, tight fight. Just an absolute slugfest for five rounds. What, a, te- a technical yeah. slugfest? A technical... Yeah, I was going to say, slug. Like, I don't think yeah. Adesanya would survive a war against would... someone that size. But slugfest, you know I mean, I mean like... a, a fight where both guys are going to hurt a few occasions. It's close, it's back and forth. Like That That sounds like dream dream stuff for me. Yeah, I mean, if I'd like a, a fight that's 2-2 going into the fifth. Oh my god! Yeah, that'll be good. There's never a better situation. Like, you don't really get a boring fifth round when it's two each. No, it's going to be really entertaining either way. Um, I don't know how much longer we're going to talk about Adesanya for, but before we move on, anyway, we need to talk about that that walkout. That entrance was unreal. Um, if you say so. I don't like it. You're quite after it's not even that because I like Stan Fertex walkouts and stuff with their dance routines and stuff. It's just a bit more playful, I guess. I kind of find them a bit serious. You yeah, I liked it. It completely caught me off guard. And then yeah. when he I mean, goes it was out, well, it was well done. To be fair, yeah, he goes out and backs it up like that. It's like, I, mean, I saw yeah. a tweet saying like, if you if you walk out like that, you need to go and win. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that and lose. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's something. I like the. One thing that I find disappointing with the UFC in general is that they don't they don't put on a show. Mm, so true. you know, aside from the the fights, which are obviously what everyone is really there for, um, so it's not like a huge deal or anything. But you know, I like the idea of being you know, personalities coming out in the walkouts like that. It's it's a good thing. So you didn't really you weren't that 
like overly impressed with Adesanya's workout, would you encourage more fighters to do that type of thing to kind of build more of a spectacle? Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's only because um, it's not so much to do with. It's probably more to do with the fact that I don't really like him very much. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not like um, you know, it, it's it's fine. But I, I would like people to be a bit more. You know, and if your if your workout if if what you need is to come out stoically, just listening to your music and getting yourself pumped, then then that's great, and that's your personality and whatever. But you know, I like the idea of having that kind of showmanship and stuff um, yeah. in general. And as you see, like the shows like Rising and KSW in Europe and all that kind of stuff, where they really put on an effort between matches and um, with that kind of thing to to make the whole thing a show. Like they have light shows and they have all this really cool stuff to keep people um, entertained between and just adds to the spectacle of the thing in general, if you know what yeah. I mean. Do you think maybe the UFC don't prioritise that because they know they've got the top calibre fighters there to see? Whereas someone like KSW, they don't have the best calibre fighters, so they try and kind of raise their game through production. Whereas UFC know they're already there, so I don't really think about it too much. Maybe, but they, I mean, they can't, um, you know. They, they do have obviously the best in general, um, but you know, like Ryzen, for example, they, in my opinion, they have a few fighters that are up there with the best. Yeah, definitely. And it's just you just kind of have to. I know they've got the roster in general, but you've got the idea that, that other promotions can get those top fighters now, where maybe they couldn't five or ten years ago. Yeah. Or like in that gap between sort of, you know, the old. Pride days and all that kind of when when there really was only UFC just yeah. for a short, a short period I suppose but like now there is the chance that people will choose to go to one or to Ryzen instead yeah exactly so that's you know it's good you know the the bigger those places get the bigger the bigger chance that that is going to happen and if you've got eventually a roster which is as good as anywhere else but your show overall maybe isn't quite as good. Mm. When do you start? I suppose losing by it. It's, See, ne- it's never going to lose completely because it's America's number one promotion. Yeah, and that in its own right will keep it, you know, at the top. But you know, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, want to clarify. I'm, I'm not kind of one of those people who are like of the belief that the UFC just have all the best fighters. Like there's definitely some people from one and rising and those sort of places where their top fighters could definitely give the best UFC fighters a good run for their money. But yeah, in this in this in the scheme of the, things, yeah. The the general kind of just the average quality of UFC fighters is kind of yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is, and you know, it's the, it's the oldest promotion. Yeah. In terms of out of the big ones, the oldest one in that, that's you know got the money and all that kind of stuff, and you know it's understandable that they would have the best in general, and they do. They have the best individually in general, and they have the best overall. Um, obviously they've got, you know, most of the top 10, most of the top 20 pound for pound list will be sort of 17, 18 UFC. Mm. And a, a couple from somewhere else if you're going to be, you know, Kyoji lost, um, to Asakura last time, but I'd still have him in the top 20 pound for pound. And I'd still back him to beat Cejudo. Yeah. You've got, you know, maybe, um, obviously you've got DJ. In one, who's still just as good as he always ever was. Yeah, he's still got to be up there. Um, so you've got, you know, I've got places, people in other places. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. I wouldn't say that you are, you know, bigoted. <laughs> you're, not an MMA, you're not an MMA, MMA bigot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a, a, a simpleton. Yeah. <laughs> I think I suppose that the big thing is in in the female spectrum. Um, I would say the difference is a lot less. Yeah, I'd say Bellator. I mean, I, I, I suppose Ryzen have a lot of good quality fighters as well, but I'd say Bellator is probably maybe the best for female fighters. Yeah, I mean, possibly. You've got, you've got McFarlane, Liam Lee McFarlane, you've got Julia Budd, kind of people, uh, Leah McCourt, I know she's not really there yet, but she's a really good uh, Irish kind of prospect, so the yeah. female quality there is really high. So yeah. I think you've got some, you've got some um, females in, like, in sort of rising with uh, Hamdalay who we mentioned before we came on and again in uh, 
in one with maybe um, Jung and Angela Lee and um, Stamp Vertex, who would give trouble to the most most women in their divisions. In not that they don't have atom weight division in the UFC, or yeah, I don't think they have in in Bellator either. But um, they do it in Victor. So what is that? Is that, is that something 105 pounds? Yeah. Yeah, that's that is tiny. <laughs> yeah, but it's in. They have it in one, but obviously they they have to weigh 115. Oh, they um, because they uh, they hydrate. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it would be 105 in UFC or that's all. So yeah, cool. Oh, so we... we spent a lot of time talking about pretty much. Adesanya and then a big branch off into nonsense, <laughs> as we tend to do, I suppose. But the other, the only other really talk, well, there's two talking points in my opinion. We've got Hooker and Yakinta. Yeah, we'll go over that. So we'll start with him first. Yeah. Or with them first. So um, obviously, Hooker looked amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. And Yakinta was kind of disappointing, to be honest. But, um, but the but Hooker technical striking was just. It was perfect, really, was it? I mean, yeah, all parts of the body. Disabled mm. one of Yakinta's legs. I mean, it was a, it was a, as dominant as you could get for a you know, do you feel like, performance. Do you think maybe I'll get in that opportunity to fight Khabib? Kind of maybe shot him up far too quickly. Because, I mean, he's always been a kind of top 15, but not really pushing top 10 level fighter. Um, he fought Khabib, obviously done really well in a lot of people's eyes but do you think that was kind of just because of the last minute change and the toughness of him that's kind of made him look a lot better than he actually was well it was that chance wasn't it that kind of you know I've got I've got a championship fight yeah and that kind of extra um you know, the extra award the extra kind of um possible the possibilities that come from that fight I think it does make a difference to your mindset and how much you're going to stick in and how determined you can be and Khabib, you know, as, as great as he is, he doesn't often batter people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Controls them a lot and doesn't damage, definitely. Um, so it's maybe, not, I'm not saying it's easy, but his defence on the submissions was obviously, was really good for that fight, so. But mm-hmm. it is, you know, in general, I can't, you know, he's he's always, I kind of think you're right, I don't think he is that far above the kind of, People like I don't even think he might even be above Lee. He's probably I know he beat Lee, but he's kind of on Lee's level. Yeah, he did look um, really convincing against Lee. I mean, early on in the fight, Lee was kind of successful in catching him a few times, but as it went on, I think I kind of just took over the fight. Yeah, and um, I think if you're if you're now, I mean, as much as everybody loves him, and you know, if you're losing to Cowboy now, you're not a title contender. Because yeah. so I don't really think that Cowboy is either. I mean, if you, I mean, people always did really well in the first round, but since when has Tony Ferguson ever had a good first round? Yeah, and then he absolutely tore him apart in the second round. I mean, it was it was just brutalizing. Every single elbow landed, every single shot he wanted to landed whenever he wanted it to, and he just absolutely destroyed him in that second round. And if that had gone on, if he hadn't broken his nose. And he hadn't puffed it up, then the third round would have been the same. And, mm. you know, eventually it gets stopped. And, you know, and this is the title contender. We're not even sure if Tony could beat Khabib. He might not. Even, you know, this is, he would go in as a as an underdog. But I'm he really absolutely. Kind of contra- controversial kind of statement. I don't, I don't think. I just think Tony has the best chance to beat Khabib. And, and I'd honestly say I'm in the camp that Gaethje has the best chance to stay with beating Khabib, or given the most problems at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't mean to say that Tony has the best chance, but, you know, he's one of those fighters that is talked about as, yeah. you know, he's, he's in the pound for pound, top 15, top 10. Because, the, sorry. But he's still not, you know, it's the kind of, because he is that good, and you know, Gaethje might be the one styles and all that kind of thing. Um, but I don't. Um, I think it's one of those two. To be fair. Yeah, Gaethje's had kind of scary power recently. He's knocked out Barbosa. Um, Cowboy. Battle of the leg kicks. There was another one as well. I'm sure there's three first round KOs in a row. I can't remember the other one. James Vick. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, he's got good power. Knock out Vick these days, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
We always kind of hear people talking about how great his wrestling is, so Khabib would kind of force him to actually put that on display. So when you take yeah. the crazy pressure, the huge power, and then if it does have like these this incredible wrestling, I know he's, he's like he has the credentials to back it up, but we've not seen it in in the UFC yet. So if he does kind of pull his wrestling, he doesn't want to do it, does he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like he spoke about it recently in his past like couple of fights, like he might. So he's, he's doing it for. Yeah, well, I hope so because, well, I don't know exactly um, if Khabib, if Khabib gets him down, his wrestling's not going to help. Um, not really, because he's he's down then, isn't he already? Probably um, not, but I mean, his scrambles. If he has good scrambles, you never know. No one's really tried to scramble with Khabib, really. Yeah, if his takedown defense is up to scratch, then that could be that's obviously the big thing. If he can stop Khabib taking him down so much, then that's that's the danger, isn't it? If, so that, that's um, going to gauge his chance, and like. Uh, Ferguson's chance is like the fact that when he gets to the bottom it's violentless submissions elbows punches knees yeah. to the body like that's exactly that, what I would be relying on with yeah. um, with Tony is that I don't think there's anybody as dangerous off the back as him if you were so, Ferguson would you spend any of that camp or would you not not none of it but would you kind of prioritise stand up or would you just go all in on making sure your ground game was just super up to scratch the best it could be um, I think to be fair he's been doing it longer he's a black belt in BJJ isn't he oh yeah like, yeah. You know, I don't think it would be I don't think he's at the kind of level where he needs to focus on that if you know what I mean I think yeah. he is just so good anyway that that's that's almost natural to him obviously he'd, he'd be drilling training blah 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 um, so I don't know. I mean, but he's also he's he's better he's better standing up than Khabib is. Yeah, that's what I was kind of trying to get at. Like, I know I'm not thinking the striking's already there. Like, even just keeping the striking the same level, like he's gonna he has the ability to strike Khabib. What I was kind of meaning is like, should he be down there just putting as many rounds as he can? Like, just I know his cardio's great as well. Just to kind of take every kind of precaution that you can that you can deal with Khabib. Have your kind of grapple stand as high as it can be. Have your submissions as sharp as they can be. Like just your kind of positional awareness. I know he's got all of that, but yeah, there can't be any harm in like just sharpening those tools as much as they possibly can before going there with him. That's kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah, just to add to that as well, he's a, he's um, he's a collegiate wrestler as well. Yeah, me. super high so wrestler as well. Yeah, he's got yeah he's got the skills, and it's just a case of I don't think. You know, Tony's got a great stand-up game, obviously, but I still think it will be when Khabib takes him down rather than if. Yeah, and definitely. Then it would be the case of you know, those elbows from underneath if he can get them, and it's it's just the constant the constant submission attempts. Um, but I mean, Sambo, Sambo is an incredible martial art, and they're not. You know, they're not. Um, they can defend submissions, they can do their own chaining yeah. submissions and all that kind of stuff. So You see the really success that they all have in the UFC as well, it transitions really well into MMA, the Sambo style. Yeah. I remember having a, I had a Sambo class because we had a, um, it's not operating anymore, but we had a, a Team GB member of the, of the, um, of the Sambo. He competed in European Sambo competitions and stuff for Team GB. And he ran Sambo classes here in Liverpool, but he's, uh, he doesn't do it anymore. Um, and he came to give us a special class on just just um, takedowns, really. And it was just the amount of stuff we learned in that one class was just amazing. And they, they're just the guy is shaped like a barrel. He's like he was, so, <laughs> he was really short, and, but really thick in the shape. Like but he was, <laughs> but he was just like the the way he could move it was just unbelievable. It just, yeah. you know. It's just uh, impossible to knock down. I mean, I'm a big guy, and he was, you know, maybe a foot shorter than me, and maybe five or six stone lighter. Um, but yeah, just impossible. And he's only obviously a low level, not low, but you know, relatively. He was not near world champion, not near European champion. Yeah. Um, but you know, he had to understand, you know, greater than what most people have. Yeah, yeah. So it's just to to see it in action like that was a you know quite a privilege. But um, hopefully we'll get him down in the club again at some point. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean we've just spoke about tangents. We've kind of been on one. No, it's still related to the lightweight picture. I suppose it's not too bad. But 
so I took a gun to mic and just called out Poria and then got off the mic again for a 2020 show in New Zealand, which hasn't been announced yet. I think he's going to shoot in a Hail Mary, but how do you feel about that call out? Well, I think the whole thing is a Hail Mary, isn't it? He's not got a chance in hell. He's not got a chance in hell of getting poor you. Not not next fight. No way. I mean, he's he's not even in the top ten yet. Maybe he's not going to win. I mean, he's beat number six. And poor you is the the next... He's he's just lost in a championship fight, and he's going to get... Probably going to be... Maybe, if anyone is going to have Conor McGregor, it's going to be him, isn't it? I mean, poor is number two. What's his name? Puka just beat number six. So, I mean, you've seen that sort of thing happen before. Like, that sort of difference in rankings when that happens. It would be it would be a, a step up, obviously. Um, I don't... I think Hooker would lose. Yeah, mostly. Um, but I, I think it's... I mean, I know he's he's taken his opportunity in front of everybody to, you know, to, to call out you know, one of the best. Um, but I don't know if the UFC would want that yet. No. I, I just, um, I mean, he's on, he's on a great tear at the moment, isn't he? I mean, he's on, he lost to Barboza, but apart from that, he's what six and seven, and some decent names on there. No one. I mean, he's six and one since moving to lightweight. So. Yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's doing well. I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to to diss him. He's definitely got some potential up there, um, or down there, I should say. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah, he went up, didn't he? He went up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing Chil Sonnen keeps talking about is the fact that um, McGregor always calls out lightweight winners if they perform well. So he's he's been talking about how a fight would go between McGregor and then at the time we were saying the winner of Hooker, uh, Hooker I couldn't have know that's Hooker, so how would a fight between McGregor and Hooker go? Is that a potential opponent? I know Hooker's not got the star name. He's not, he's not got anywhere near the draw that I feel like that would need, but hypothetically if that came together, like, what chance would you give him? Um, I'm not, you know, recurring theme, it'll always be, I'm not McGregor's biggest fan. Yeah. Um, but he's, at his best, he was incredible. I would okay. be surprised, I'd be surprised if he'd get anywhere near that now. I know, it was about this stage now, that it all depends on what Conor McGregor would, would get. Like, if, if, if Hooker, just say Hooker does get the McGregor fight, if Hooker shows up super motivated, he's got a huge opportunity. And then we get that kind of lackluster McGregor that we kind of saw in the Khabib fight. He's just kind of flat-footed. He's not, just doesn't look the same. Anything could happen. I mean, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen then. Well, Hooker's got the ability to, um, you know, to land these combos. and um, But obviously, it's a hard one to know because nobody really knows what the level, what level Conor McGregor can be. Like if yeah. any any more, if you know what I mean. If I mean if we're talking about twenty sixteen Conor McGregor, then Hooker gets smashed all over the place. Um, but if we're not, then maybe it's a bit more of a, a throw up in the air. Because I don't know. Because I like I don't know. I just think that it's hard to tell. But not many. You know, I, I don't know if there's many in the top five that McGregor would win against now. I mean, and that's not because not because he's not talented, because obviously he is, and not because he's not um, got the ability, because you know, because he has. But it's just ring rust, if you want to call it. I hate that cliche. It's a thing. You know, he's not been fighting competitively. Yeah. You know, for three years, apart from one, and they call Mayweather one. I know you you bum that thing, but for God's sake, <laughs> that Mayweather fight was not competitive. No, no, I, I just love the spectacle. I, yeah. I love the and whole it's also, yeah, but it's the idea of the, like, the, you know, he's had a boxing camp and all that kind of thing. But the yeah. idea that he was ever going to get close to winning it is a joke. Yeah, and it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't a, in terms of his his UFC time. At least it wasn't a serious fight that we can count when we're talking about whether he'd be prepared for for coming back into the cage. So. I don't know. It'd be good to have a. It would be good to have a good Conor McGregor back, um, but maybe one that would accept that maybe he wouldn't be in title fights every time. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing about McGregor. He's he's sitting saying how he won't fight unless it's the main event. But then that kind of puts you in a catch twenty two where UFC don't want to have pay per view main events without a belt. 
McGregor does not deserve a belt at this point in time. So does that mean he's a main event on a fight night? That's not going to happen either. So well, they could just someone's got to give. They could just invent a nonsense belt like they have for 244. It's a fun belt. It's a bit of fun. I love so it. why can't... Well, there you go. Invent a fun belt for Conor McGregor then. But I don't think... He's not interested in a fun belt. I think McGregor himself would be disinterested in it. I think they he have, just... They have uh, set a precedent where they can just make something up if they don't have a title fight to put on on the day. I mean, I know, I know Diana does kind of blow a lot of smoke sometimes, but he did say this is a kind of one and done. Which I I kind of believe him. I mean, you know he was really adamant that every pay per view must have a title fight headlining. This time it just wasn't happening, so they've kind of had to just conjure something up. I think if he can prevent it again in the future, he will. But the problem, I suppose, is that you've got you're doing that, but then you've got an amazing two forty five that's got three title fights in it. Yeah. And you know it's kind of you know you talk about not being able to get one in November, but you've got three in December. I don't know. That's true. I mean, surely at least I don't think it's necessary. I really don't think it's necessary, and it shouldn't be necessary to have a title fight at a <laughs> pay per view. Super necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, people. You know, I people have always been happy with main events that have got you know maybe number one title contender ship. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that belt's added any intrigue to the fight whatsoever. I mean, those two fighters, everyone is there to see them fight. It's nothing to do with this belt, belt they've made up. It does make it a little bit more fun. It throws a bit of spice on it, but everyone's there for the for the fight itself. No one really cares whatsoever about this no. belt. But McGregor will take that as well, That in the in the terms of Diaz has come back. He fought once and did well against um, Pettis, and then he's headlining MSG. Second fight back. Yeah. After all this time, so it gives McGregor something to play with as well in terms of negotiating a massive fight for coming back. Um, Did you see McGregor is... saying like, "When's that interim BMF title fight again?" <laughs> 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 I mean, people want to see that Diaz fight, that yeah, third fight, and the Masvidal um, fight. To be honest, people want to see that for you until Dana shut it down, and then McGregor got a butt hurt because he was too small for Masvidal. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Dana to be honest. Mm. As I, I know that you know he's fought at welterweight before, but he was a little one, and and then he was also a little featherweight to be fair. But I mean, sorry, like because he was so thin and skinny, yeah, and, you know his cut down wasn't great. Fairly. He is he is a lightweight guy, and Masvidal could probably have a go at middleweight. And he'd be a small middleweight, but he could have a go. Yeah. So I don't. Know, I kind of. It's hard to say anyone's too small when the difference is like ten pounds or fifteen pounds or whatever. But, you know, Masvidal's tall compared to him as well, so... So McGregor's still involved in this next thing I'm going to bring up, but obviously it's shortly after I called out Poria, Poria took to Twitter and said, uh, I'm fighting the Irishman, go and fight Cowboy. And that was kind of two tweets, kind of shoved into one, but he, he tweeted twice saying those things, I'm fighting the Irishman, go fight Cowboy. How do you feel about those kind of statements? Well, that was in response to, to Dustin saying that he's going to fight the Irishman, is that right? Uh, yeah, so um, Poirier responded to the call out saying that he's fighting the Irishman, so yes. go and you know do whatever. I'm working on my craft, um, and then so Hook has responded to him saying that actually I am. Oh no no! As uh, far well, as far as I'm aware, obviously Hooker made the call out. Poirier tweeted saying um, like I'm fighting the Irishman, blah blah blah. And then there was a separate tweet from Poirier saying go fight Cowboy. Uh, like you're not quite there yet. Something along those lines. Okay, I see. Yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I would still, I do think that the most likely fight for McGregor on his return is that Poirier rematch. That'd be incredible. I'm all I, for that. I really do think it is, and it's it's that tester for him, isn't it? That it can be Poirier versus McGregor is a big enough fight to be a pay per view headliner without. Nowadays, that's a that's a massive fight at this point in time. Yeah. That is yeah. huge. So if they did that in the early part of next year, it would be that kind of fight to see. No, it would keep... Poirier win would keep him at the top echelons of lightweight division and give him another title shot soon. And make him so much money. Yeah, and make him a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> um, and then McGregor winning would basically be a return and also would put him in the title picture again. Let's say Connor comes back, fights Poirier. Poirier, TKOs him. What happens to McGregor? 
I think he probably quit. I think he probably yeah. quit. I mean, that's not with Rams reality. That's that could yeah, that's, that's entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, I had, I I was back in Holloway, and that turned turned out how it did. So I know that was a, a different circumstance, but you know, yeah. one of the one of the featherweight goats, really, and you know, Poirier ripped him up, and it's a you know, and he's a big, he's a big featherweight as well. So. That was just the power differential was far too high. There, yeah. there was too but much. nobody, nobody had any, any idea that it would be that much different. Oh, no, no, because it was it was incredible to see how different it was. So Poirier's obviously his power must be up there for the lightweights. So and Holloway did hurt Poirier on quite a couple of occasions in that fight, but it was just yeah, it seemed like Poirier hurt Holloway every single clean shot he landed. He kind of yeah. buckled him a little bit. Yeah, and that, that's a, that's kind of unfortunate that one because. Obviously, it was the same night as Gastelum against Adesanya, and nobody was ready for it because, in my opinion, that was a better fight. What Gastelum Adesanya? No, no, Holloway. Holloway. Yeah, I thought that was a better fight. It's hard to pick a favourite. It's like choosing between your two children. (laughs) Oh, I find that easy. I find that easy to pick. I pick my favourite child all the time. (laughs) You're gonna you're gonna play that back to them and like when they're older and they'll be so angry. (laughs) (laughs) They'll they'll know which one it is by then. But yeah, it's um, it's kind of like because that fight was such a war, nobody was ready for Holloway versus um, Poirier that came no. straight after, and it, it was kind of underappreciated at the time because it was following something that had been so nuts. But yeah, I, I mean, I gave, I had Holloway win in one round. I can't remember which exactly, um, but also you know it was I was close on another one, so I, I kind of maybe for my own viewing pleasure, I kind of had it two two in the last, but I do. You know, realistically, it was three one going into the last, but yeah, yeah. But it was it was a good fight. It was a great fight. But it just Poirier is really top level, so it will be a hard comeback fight for McGregor. And, Definitely. You know, people will pile all the money on McGregor, and he'll go in as the favorite. But I wouldn't personally put him as the favorite in that fight. So. No, me either. Um, so you you said just another talking point in the end. I did. Since we are absolutely going crazy on. Tangents. Tangents are plenty. Um, this is what this the title of this podcast number six or seven. What is it? Seven, six. Six. So podcast number six is going to be called Tangents. Um, yes, <laughs> my, my, my other um, my other point is tie to Ivasa. That, that was um, my point as well. Yeah, he is a, a bloke who was five and zero. Oh, looked like he could be a real contender in the future. It's apart. And it's so so it's all just gone. He's lost two fights in in Australia, um, as well. We're giving him home fights to try and because I think they did hold a high hopes for him to be able to get up there in the division. But yeah, I mean Spivak, his first win in the UFC, and before he choked him out, he was he was he was he was beating him up. Yeah, I don't think so. um, I don't think anyone picked um, Spivak. Is it Spivak that he said? Yeah. I don't think anyone picked him to win, and he went out and just, it wasn't that difficult. No, it was, uh, yeah, Taito Vassar's got either big confidence problems or he needs to, to switch where he's having his training. I'd say it's that. I mean, he said and embedded that he's just started, he's been kind of obsessed with like, weight training this camp. And like, yeah. I don't know, there's more to be focusing on. I don't know what weight training is going to do when you're already a massive guy with big, heavy hands. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, the, the decision making doesn't seem to be there. No, in, in my opinion, he needs to work on a bit of stamina. I mean, in those earlier fights, he went a decision with Arlovsky, but he looked absolutely wrecked at the end of it. Um, and also, I mean, his defence. I mean, he got absolutely. I mean, he didn't have any defence standing up, and he didn't have any defence on the ground either. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I believe he trains in Australia, doesn't he? Yeah. If he wants to become, if he still has desire to be like a top heavyweight, I reckon he packs his stuff and has to go to AKA. That'd be my pick for him. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, they, they're pretty good with the, the big guys, aren't they? But they've got, obviously they've got... Uh, DC, Bobby, yeah. yeah, DC, Velasquez. I mean, Rock Holes there, I suppose. He's a light heavyweight now, so you can count him. Yeah, I know it's, well, it's, it's not quite him, but they've... Uh, They've also got Khabib, haven't they? You can't complain at the gym that Khabib's got. Or he trains there, doesn't he? Yeah. I think, uh, what's the Cormier talking about him being like the strongest man he's ever trained with, which is crazy. 
But I was trying to find out, I think, um, uh, Volkanovsky, um, we can't really, you know, he's maybe something else and a bit, you know, he's, he's more talented, he's got a title fight coming up. Um, but he trains out of Australia and it's, it's not going so badly for him. Maybe it's just a discipline thing. I mean, he does seem like a, I mean, I really do not know the guy, so it's completely just a kind of guess, but he seems like a bit of a kind of party boy. He seems like he's got other things in his mind. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, he doesn't seem um, that serious, does he? You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. mean that to disrespect him. I mean, he's, I mean, it is like he's quite lighthearted and easygoing and, you know, yeah, he's one of the most likable guys in the UFC, like definitely. So, well, um, well, he's a he's a kickboxer as well, isn't he? So he's got a he was a pro kickboxer, so maybe AKA would be good for him just to get him back onto that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a bit disappointed to see that he, he you know he lost so easily nine and zero before nine and three now, but I mean. He fought against Junior dos Santos, so maybe that was a bit too soon as well for him. Definitely. It's not like, I mean, it's yeah. not like he's fight, he's fought easy guys, I mean, but then Spivak should have been that fight that would get him back in, because he lost to Ivanov, who's, you know, he's, he's good as well. Yeah, um, so. True. He's fighting Lewis yeah. in MSG as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Any chance to mention MSG, I'm all for it. I cannot wait. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should just, you should just shut up. I think that's two podcasts in a row. Maybe three that I've had to throw in there that I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> all the decisions, all boring, like Lewis and Ganu fights. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? A fa- uh, it's only going to be three rounds, but a three round, like one shot landed each, slow as you like, even off versus Lewis. Decision. <sighs> I think they're never down to. Let's go fast asleep. Uh, we are doing more, more um, tangents and more diversions so, than Herodotus here. We did plan on covering next weekend, but we have run on quite a bit. So my proposal is that we either really quickly gloss over next weekend, or we save it for a separately other like short video. Well, I think because of our lack of ability to come together and actually record a friggin' podcast over the last few days. Maybe we can at least give it a little touch now. And if we yeah. want to do a, do some sort of video, then we can. And it's mostly about how amazing next weekend is in terms of how much MMA is going on. Yeah, there's spoiler for there's Absolutely millions of it. There's Bellator Milan. Mm-hmm. Age Warriors is in Cardiff, I think. Uh, yeah, we've got Rising in Osaka on Saturday this time, not Sunday, because on Sunday one championship are putting on two cards, um, one for the American audience and one for everyone else who appreciated it already. Um, and yeah, I'm sure there's more that I've forgotten. UFC, yeah, UFC yeah, in, yeah, in Tampa, UFC in Tampa Bay, um, Joanna against Watson. I'm looking at that card. Um, it's actually a really, it's a really good card. From top there's to some really, there's some pretty good stuff going on down the bottom there, isn't there? Yeah, even, even the prelims. Yeah, like Ryan yeah. Span. I like Ryan Span. Uh, James James Wright, Nico Price. That's an incredible fight. Yeah. Um, Max Griffin. He's a really. I like him as well. He beat Perry, I'm sure. And obviously, we had our, our previous guest, Eric Anders. He's fighting against Mia Short. Yeah. Um, that's on the main card, but you know he's there. I'd say that the fight to see, in my opinion, the fight to watch on that card is the co-main, Cuff Swanson and Cron Gracie. Yeah, I, I'm not that excited about it, I'll be honest. Ah, um, I think it's intriguing. Yeah, it's one of those, it's like, when Cron called out Cuff Swanson, it's one of those call-outs that's a bit disappointing. It's like, it's not yeah. very ambitious, if you know what I mean. It's not, but it's just, I think stylistically, the might be. It's an interesting fight. Yeah, so obviously you got Mackenzie Dern as well. Um, yes. One for the gents. We've got <laughs> Luis Pena, Violent Bob Ross back in action as well. Vittori's already back in um, the cage and after fighting quite recently, I think. And Devin Clark is the the littlest light heavyweight you ever see. <laughs> I was actually and, like uh, the, uh, retracting a comment that the co is the fight to watch. The fight to watch is undoubtedly the 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 
featured PM about the James White Nico Price. That's going to be fireworks. Anything with Nico Price, put Nico Price in there with like. You say that, but I would be surprised if Vic like survived the first few minutes. Do on his so? current, I just think on his current form, is is for some reason he seems to be like attacking people with his chin. <laughs> it's like you know you're just getting sparked left and right. And Nico, I know he lost his last fight. Um, and it was it was we said last time as well, wasn't it? That Price was going to be the fight to watch, and and it was it was it was really good. Um, but I mean, he was fighting someone very good as well. But um, I think I'd take Nico to win that one. Um, but yeah, and Marlon Vera opening the play, opening the prelims. He, he's always good to watch. You know, top to bottom, really Another good. Solid card here. Yeah, really solid, as a, especially for a, for a fight night card. Um, and rising. Um, just to quickly move on to that one, we've got a catchweight bout at the top at 100 kilos, um, which I'm not entirely sure what that is. In, in it's about light heavyweight, I think, but not quite, not quite on 205. Um, Prohaska, who is the lightweight light heavyweight champion, he's fighting against Fabio Maldonado, who was um, Ultimate Fighter Brazil finalist, lost to Stipe. Um and he's fought Fedor, he's fought a bunch of different guys, so that could be quite good. Kaya Sakura, who knocked out Kyoji Haraguchi two months ago, much to my disappointment and upset. Yo, Kazaki, um, he's like he's that really freakishly long. Um, he's really lean, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's he was yeah. I mean, he's tall. And he's UFC, like five foot. He's like five foot ten. He was in the UFC. He's yeah. five foot ten, but he's um, he's fought at I think one hundred and twenty-five or one hundred and thirty-two. Yeah, it was one twenty-five. Um, so everybody fought Wilson Hayes, and I thought he's. Big for this week, class. Yeah, because I think, uh, yeah, they have, he fought in Shuto at 132, but they're 10 kilograms, um, but yeah, 132 pounds, roughly. Yeah. Um, goes to, so yeah, he's he's a tall, tall for bantamweight, never mind tall for fly. Um, and we've got Miyu, Miyu Yamamoto against um, Handele Silva, which is, you know, or so he ham. To give her a real name, she's class. Her, her, <laughs> knees, her knees are just incredible. Uh, she was also obviously in the UFC in the past, um, and I think she's much better now. She'd probably have a, a really good go in the UFC. And um, you, have, you, you love Reina, don't you? I do love Reina. Yeah, we uh, we won't talk about what happened in uh, New York in Bellator, um, <laughs> but I have always got time for watching Reina. And the start of the lightweight GP with Damian Brown is a uh, classic gent. Um, Patricky Pitbull is in there. And That's the fight I want to see. Cause I, I actually I quite like uh, Kyle Jeezy. I like his style. Um, yeah, that'd be a good fight to watch. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the the one fight from the from the from the quarterfinal, um, which stands out the most. But my pick for the whole tournament is Roberto Satoshi de Souza, who is, I think he's just great. I mean, he's he's not very well known. He's about nine or ten, I know, at the minute. All of them, all of his wins by submission, I think. Um, he's just an incredible athlete, and I think he will go far. And I think, uh, I think it's a good chance he could win that tournament. He's an outside pick, but I'm going to go with it because I do think he's very talented. And one championship, and then we can finish off after that. Um, obviously, Eddie has pulled out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is annoying. He only caught back in because he got knocked out. He got in because someone got injured, got through to the final, and now he got and now he's out because he's injured. Um, which is a bit annoying, but you know that's fine. But because we get to see Angela Lee against Zhang Jinan rematch, um, this time Zhang is going for Angela Lee's belt, um, whereas it was the other way around last time they were in Japan, and Zhang won with it. I mean, the the punch into Angela Lee's belly was just it's the the face that Angela Lee put on on that punch, it was like everybody could feel that punch. It was an incredible punch <laughs> to just, you know, that just finished her off. And this was like two minutes after Angela Lee had the deepest armbar I've ever seen. Yeah. And, yeah. and Zhang's arm was basically bending the wrong way. But, you know, she didn't tap, got up, won. Great fight that was. And uh, DJ against Danny Kingard in the final of the flyweight GP. Um, I expect to see another kind of DJ sort of masterclass. Yeah, Kingard is a dangerous fighter, but yeah, I would expect DJ will. Uh, yeah, he's just something else, isn't he? I love DJ. Um, also, on this I mean, card, we have Yushin Okami because he still fights. Apparently, I had no idea. He does. Yeah, I was watching him, and um, 
I was watching him in Pride Bushido too, I think it was, and uh, yeah, it was brought back. Oh, he's 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 still fighting in one now. He's but, yeah, he's now. got yeah, and he's bald now as well. He is also bald, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, <laughs> that card is not quite as powerful as the second card, into it, but it, the replacement for um, Eddie Alvarez, I should say, is Christian Lee who recently beat Aoki, one of my other favourites, who was, like, 2019 has been a year of my favourites losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the lightweight champion of um, one. He's always previously fought at featherweight, um, but they gave him that chance because the lightweight title, um, the light, all the lightweight contenders were tied up in the GP, and he took it and won. Um, so he's been put into the final for the for the million-dollar prize against Arslan Aliyev, who was also very good. So, could be a one to watch that one. And part two has got Brandon Vera against um, Anglan Sang for the, uh, it's the light heavyweight. Yeah, because Vera is already heavyweight champion um, and Sang is middleweight and light heavyweight champion and it's for the light heavyweight championship. So lots of belts in that fight. And this, it's just full. That, that It's just so good. Bibiana Fernandez belling on four after that controversial um, um, disqualification for Bellingham last time. Aoki's fighting. Um, Rod Tang is defending his Muay Thai title. There's the kickboxing finals. Mauro Cirilli, who was Cage Warriors heavyweight champion, is fighting against Arjan Buller, who's just moved there from UFC. It's just absolutely full, this card, of former champions. And obviously there's also a crossover between Shuto and Pancrase happening. The, the champions in those divisions, bantamweight and strawweight and welterweight and lightweight, are all fighting against each other under the one banner. Um, so, you know, it's a, for JMMA fans, that's a massive, a massive deal. So, yeah, next weekend, amazing. Maybe in a sum it up. Yeah, maybe in a filthy casual kind of show side, aren't there? Let you take the reins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been. What I I watched one championship before I ever watched UFC. That is not something that a lot of people can say. No, but I mean, one championship hasn't even been going that long either. But I've yeah. just given you all an idea of how recently actually got into MMA. Fair enough. Um, Considering one championship only started in uh, about 2011. So, um, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm probably more of a baby in MMA terms than you are, and you're. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> again, we've been a filthy casual. Uh, none other than Conor McGregor got me into UFC, so uh, got me into MMA, I should say, sorry. Oh my god. You just revealed you train UFC and you've got. I did train a, UFC. You've got a wardrobe full of affliction and tap out t shirts. That's right, that is it. I mean, he got me into MMA, but I mean, primarily, as I showed there, my lack of knowledge of anything else, primarily UFC, let's be honest. Well, you know, it's it's an expanding world. It's like, yeah. um, you know, it's not, it's understandable why a lot of people over the last few years, you know, UFC has been so ubiquitous and, you know, so successful that it's synonymous, isn't it? You know, MMA, UFC, UFC, MMA. And that is all that people know. A lot of people know about that exists to do with MMA so I do yeah, always pledge to myself that I'm going to watch more promotions but I mean I watch a bit I watch a bit of Bellator I watch some Cage Warriors but as far as like the whole kind of Asian MMA scene goes I'm quite clueless yeah well we'll get you there yeah one day <laughs> it's worth it because it's on at a really good time of the day for us is it see that yeah. that is a stay on point right there <laughs> it starts at sort of uh, 7, 8 o'clock for the prelims in the morning and then the main card sort of 11am, 12pm, something like that. And at the weekend, that's a very good time. So, yeah, mm. good stuff. And we've been oh. talking for more than we planned, but yeah, no, oh, it's, it's only an hour. It's only an hour. It's all right. Half an hour to forty-five for the. <laughs> yeah, we went for we went for thirty to forty-five minutes, and we're currently on sixty-three. So, it's not a, it's not a big deal. I mean, the record right. the record's only fifty-eight, so it's not over seven. Okay, that's all right. Then. It's not too bad. Um, yeah. Well, on that note, before, actually, I want to just throw in a little fact, a quick fact. Um, I saw it from the Twitter page, uh, MMA History Today, they've said, if Adesanya does take on Costa for the belt, it's the first time ever that two undefeated fighters will fight for the middleweight title. That's quite interesting. Yeah, that is good. Someone's a bit of history. Yeah, yeah. yeah, finish on that nice cliche. 
Um, so anyway, um, anyone who listens, thank you for staying the distance. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks, Ross, for the good chat. Just very quick, sorry. Oh, no. I've just kind of broke the smoothness of that. Should have Sam Alvey on soon. Oh, yeah, Sam Alvey, fighting Shogun. I feel like if I make these things public, then there's more pressure on us to actually get it done. So, Sunday's new recording day. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday's new recording day. Sam Alvey's coming on soon. I'll try and stick to those those two things. Ross Houston is still... Still waiting to get him on. We're, both kind of, we're still kind of in limbo with him. He's peace. He yeah. told us to come on. Um, he was meant to come on. We couldn't do it, and there's kind of been no further discussion. But yeah, there's some guests coming on soon. Should be weekly episodes now. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna try to hold ourselves to that. But yes, now if you want, you can you can sign us out, Matt. That's all. Okay. Uh, well, thanks to anybody who listens, and um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye bye, everyone. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>